Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back. We've got an amazing episode here, episode 147 of the Brothers Brand Podcast. On 146, we went over our 20 to 11 college game day stadium atmospheres that we've taken part in. Rick had some very questionable calls. I'm just kidding. But now we move on to top 10. 10 through 1, we're going to rank our own experiences that we've participated in because I know there's a lot of epic stadiums out there right Rick that we that we have on our bucket list but these are our experiences that we've gone to yeah to this point Rob I think it just makes sense to share with our listeners our favorite college football game day experiences and these are the gems Rob these are the ones to put on your bucket list if you haven't already we've traveled the country a bunch we've seen a ton of games on neutral sites but this is where we chronicle our on-campus college football game experiences. And and before we do that, um, we just want our faithful following to know that the boys are busting out the suits again. The tuxes are coming off. We're dusting them off after a little time off. And we are going to do a little mini sports road trip in September. At the end of September, September 30th, Uh, We are going to be at uh, the University of Tennessee versus the University of South Carolina Gamecocks in Knoxville, Tennessee. So get ready. If you're listening to this and you're going to be there, let us know. Um, Super excited to to hang out with the volunteer fans, Rick, uh, despite the uh, the 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 violations that just dropped on them this past week. (laughs) You know, we're going to get out there. We're going to celebrate the past and embrace it. Neyland Stadium is not going to hold back. 101,000 screaming Tennessee fans. It's going to be a blast on the river. We're going to have a fantastic time there. And then we are going to take our tuxes and our, our, our energy and drive the very next day to Nashville, Tennessee, to go see a a Tennessee Titans versus Cincinnati Bengals uh, one o'clock game, which Rick I think is or twelve o'clock, I guess their time. Well, which is going to be uh, is going to be awesome. You excited for that Nissan Nissan Stadium? Is it still Nissan Stadium? Still Nissan Stadium. It's still Nashville, Tennessee, and it's the Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals. Little Joe Burrow on the road, uh, hostile environment. That's going to be a blast. What color tux are you wearing in that game? Oh man, we well we root for the home team, so it's going to be blue. It, it's got to be it's got to be Titans. Uh, we're going to bust out the orange tuxedos. We might as well just get the Dumb and Dumber tuxedos for the both of us, considering that it's going to be orange on Saturday and uh, and and blue on on Sunday. Could be a light blue, navy blue. You know, they got those those mixed colors. But uh, breaking news: Adam Schefter just reported that DeAndre Hopkins should be signing with the Titans. That's exciting. That'll make the team really good. 
Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, and we might throw in a, a Nashville FC soccer game on Saturday night, depending on how the uh, Tennessee and USC matchup goes, whether it's a day game or a night game. But uh, action packed for our listeners. A little hot update, Rick. Now we're moving on to the top 10. So without further ado, we got a lot to go through, a lot of love to give on this. And remember, listeners, this is our top 10. These are places we've been. Some of you are going to be like, oh, I got to go here. You got to go here. Well, we haven't been there yet. So if you want us to go there, let us know. Find us on Instagram, DM us. So uh, number 10, Rick, <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with the University of Texas. Hook them horns, okay? They're in the top 10. Incredible football atmosphere. Um, we enjoyed ourselves. We had such a blast that we got there five hours early. We got into the stadium <laughs> Hours early with the food concession people just walked right in with them, walked down onto the field. We were taking pictures on the Longhorn, and all of a sudden, a security guard comes up to us and just goes, Hey, hey, you two, hey, what are you doing? And Rick, we're the only ones on the field with, within a mile, no one else is on the field. And, and Rick says the funniest line ever and just goes, Who, us? <laughs> Yeah, he walked our tails out of that stadium, and we walked back in about two hours later. This stadium, Rob, it's called Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium. It was built 99 years ago, back in 1924, and it seats over 100,000 fans. You and I, we were there before renovations took place on the East End Zone. We got a chance to hang out with Bevo, who's their iconic mascot. It was like Bevo 7 because the previous six had lived a wonderful life and they were now on the seventh Bevo. Exactly. R.I.P. Bevo. We had a chance to meet all the different um, students that participate in the game day experience. And I felt like the variety in which they had people taking care of this cattle, uh, the people that were blowing off the cannons, uh, the cheerleaders, uh, the band, like I really was impressed. I really was impressed with what they did. And they also just completed a massive renovation on that eastern uh, end zone, which catapults this up in my list. I have it ranked a little bit higher because what they did, Rob, was they took their Longhorn logo, which we all are familiar with, Hook'em Horns, and they built, and I've never seen a team do this, but they built their logo into that part of their stadium with like seating and suites it's not just like colored seats but it's actually like architecturally engineered from an aerial view to look like a longhorn and it's where the players come running out of so to start the game to start halftime they'll have all this smoke and fire and everything it's coming out of the actual longhorn and the players are running out. To me, it looks so cool. And, um, yeah, I've gotten a little bit higher up on my list, but this is a pretty sick stadium. It's cool. And it's smack dab in the middle of uh, of Austin, Texas, which is a cool city. I just – I the reason why it's up not up a, a little bit higher is because of my experience there and our experience in terms of, like, the game day itself. It, it, it was like it, you're in the city, so it's like there was no, like – big lawn there was no it was like very sporadic tailgates and all that stuff so that's why it's not up higher for me it's it's a cool stadium 
I mean, Texas football is king, but you got to agree with me on that, right? Like that's it, a fair that's a fair was, point. I think as we go through our top ten here, Rob, that's going to be one of the underlining qualities of our top ten is a excellent tailgating scene, and I would echo that. So good call there, and I loved it though. And by the way, shout out my All American. You got to watch that movie. It's about the University of Texas. True story. Um, you got to watch that. But Rick, who do you have for your top ten? Give me number sure. ten. So for me, I believe, Rob, this could have been one of our earliest sporting events you and I attended together. And it was the University of Florida, a.k.a. the Swamp, down in Gainesville, Florida. You and I, we were there on a Thanksgiving weekend with our cousin. And it was the Florida Gators versus the Florida State Seminoles, which is one of those iconic rivalries. And it it was the atmosphere was sick, Rob. This was Tim Tebow's last game at the Swamp. Yeah. <laughs> the team that was rattling off national championships. Yeah. It was a sellout. I mean, everybody well, was on the team. <laughs> grown adults were just obsessed with the team and Tim Tebow at the time. It was just this electric atmosphere. The stadium yeah. has seen better days. In fact, sure. they just recently announced this massive generational renovation, they call it, at the Swamp. And they have to. They-, they have to to keep up with the SEC. You have to. Yeah, and they want to keep the old feel of the swamp for sure, but they also know that they need to update it, and they need to update it quick. This stadium was built in 1930, and it seats 88,000, so it's definitely one of those larger SEC game day atmospheres. And when the team is good, Rob, the swamp is a dangerous place to be playing with those ruckus fans. Yeah, it's up a little bit higher, and I think it's up a little bit higher on my list is because – I was thinking back to the food. I was, I do. They, they have this smoked turkey wing or turkey leg that I was chowing down. I think I had like two of them. Almost passed out during the game time. Absolutely amazing. It's. I still think about it to this day when I think of uh, sports food. Um, and the they were at the pinnacle. They natty winning natties. Tim Tebow's last year. They won a national championship that year um it it was crazy they were it was fsu versus uh versus florida so it was the rivalry game day was there on campus when we were there um and the place was just absolutely electric the entire game um and then uh the halftime the halftime show was absolutely amazing uh uh they had uh twirlers right you know with their batons and they lit them on fire like fsu stole the show at halftime and they lit their batons on fire and they threw them up like 30 feet into the air and everybody was still clapping. Like even like University of Florida fans were appreciating all the effort that was put forth. Hatred runs deep in this rivalry, Rob. And I also, too, remember that like it was yesterday. Those Gator fans and us, we were just astonished at what we had just seen with those lit twirlers. And you don't hear that out from brands very often. But- <laughs> Man, those lit twirlers just dazzled the audience during halftime. Well, well, razzle dazzle, baby. (laughs) And I have to say, too, Rob, it's going on maybe 20 years now. And that turkey leg just every now and then floats through one of my dreams. And it's like this perfect charred crisp outside and delectable, juicy meat on the inside. And that thing, it's a full foot long. Get your footlongs. Get your footlongs. All right, moving on to uh, number nine. Number nine for me, I haven't heard you say it, so I'm assuming it's higher up on your list. Um, But again, if you're cracking the top 10, you're doing things right, right? So um, UCLA, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. uh, This was awesome. Uh, You know, I think 
I think part of it is like, I'm so impressed when fans travel to stadiums that are not on their campus. So like one of the main reasons it's not like up super high is because it's not on the campus. So it's like embedded in Pasadena, California. Uh, But with that said, the Rose Bowl, we've talked about it day in, day out on this podcast. One of the most prolific stadiums in the world. World Cups, Olympics, like everything, you name it. So when you're there, you feel it, Rick. Like I think you and I, it was UCLA versus Arizona State. And um, it was with Josh Chosen Rosen at the helm. And we parked and we actually actually ran into Brian Gutierrez. Shout out Brian Gutierrez because I knew he's a friend of the pod. We were at like a shopping center nearby. We had no idea like, like where to go for tailgates. So we were like, oh, we're at a shopping center. And then we see UCLA trucks pulling up and we're like, hey, you going to you going to the Rose Bowl? And they're like, yeah, 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 we're going to game time. He's like, oh, we're from out of town. We don't really know where to go. And he goes, come on, come on, we'll take you there. So hospitable, literally parked side by side. He's like, yeah, we come to every game. We're season ticket holders, playing beer pong with them the whole time. Total, total class hospitality, taking us around the outside of the stadium, telling us where to get pictures. And I think when we first got there, we were like, hey, Brian, we'll come right back. We're going to get we're going to get a picture with the Rose Bowl in the background. So we got a picture with the iconic, you know, Rose and all that stuff. So anyway, that's that's my take on it. That's exactly what went down. It was a memorable day that Saturday in September. And for me, Rob, I had the Rose Bowl listed at number 12 on our previous episode. Just oh, to- oh, my apologies. Yeah. All good, man. It just goes to show you literally are listening to nothing I say on this show. Absolutely nothing. Just in there, one, in one ear, out the other, just smiling and nodding. <laughs> I had 11 and 12 as my L.A. schools. Uh, for me, Rob, my number ninth stadium is Notre Dame Stadium. University of Notre Dame, built in 1930. Seats 77,000 fans in courtesies of a generous donation from John Bon Jovi to let his son be on the football team. They have an electronic scoreboard on the Western end zone. For me, Rob, this stadium was just uh, a real treat to enjoy with you. You've been out there. uh, You had friends growing up that went to school out there. And we were on one of our crazy sports journeys where we decided to stop in in town south bend indiana for a night and we enjoyed ourselves but we made sure we prioritized the football experience the next morning against michigan state excellent rivalry excellent big 10 opponent and um so it was like just so perfect rob the irish out there is alive and well they They are just ready to party. They're ready to drink. It could be a yeah. noon kickoff, and the tailgates are in full steam. The bands, um, I think there's a really good picture, I feel like, with you with, like, one of the guys with, a, like, a bagpiper, maybe just, like, oh, yeah, in, the, in the parking lot. I had my yellow pants on, too. I mean, there you go. So you fit right in. And yeah. if you spilled any mustard that day, you were also in the clear. I don't, I don't eat mustard. That stuff is disgusting. Yeah, I try to stay clear of the mustard. Uh, every now and then, you know, get that Dijon, like the quality mustard. I'm not talking about the yellow ballpark stadium mustard, but the quality one that's got the little, okay. I don't even know what's in them, but it's good. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can have it. I don't want it. I'm okay. So, no, um, listen, I didn't recall any mustard that weekend, but what I did recall was us going into one of the most famous stadiums ever, 
ever Notre Dame's football stadium. That movie Rudy was filmed there. Some of the most iconic yeah. football games have taken place there. You think back to like the 30s and the 40s and the 50s with Notre Dame like, and yeah, USC. Lou, Lou Holtz era, like all that good stuff. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. They got no names on the jerseys, just the Notre Dame team. We had great end, seats. End zones, just the stripes. Just the yeah, three, exactly. The, the diagonal stripes, you know. You got a little, you got a little leaf flower in the middle of the uh, field, and the gold you know? helmets, dude. Just watching the gold helmets too. It's like it's gold, like it is literally reflective on a sunny day. <laughs> They're the most valuable sports helmets in college football because they have little flakes of like twenty-two karat gold in yeah. their helmets. Yeah, um, I, I just love it. I thought it was a great spot, and uh, Notre Dame won that day. Uh, it, it had yeah. like an overcast, but then like a little bit of a sun came out. Like it just yeah. felt right being in the Midwest. Yep. And Rick, that was your first experience there. Notre Dame's up higher on mine because of my experiences there. Uh, shout out Mikey G. One of my best friends went to Notre Dame. So I had the uh, privilege of going there twice before you and, and checking out the campus. And one of them was for a game. Uh, it was Notre Dame versus Navy. And I'll just give my two cents on that uh, uh, experience. And then I'll just let you know when they're ranked and we'll just move on from there. Um, so we'll hang on Notre Dame here for a minute. Um I got to experience what it was like to be there with college kids. Like, well, we, we did as well, but more so it was like, I was in my college years. Right. So I was like, totally like, let's go, let's go. Like, uh, and I remember waking up in Mikey G's house. I slept in the basement and their ritual on game day was here come the Irish. There's a song on YouTube. That's like, here come the Irish. It's super starts off super slow, but gets pumping. And I was just in their house and I, he, he gave me no idea what was happening. We went out the night before pitch back basement. I'm waking up all of a sudden I hear this song coming on the stereo at like seven 38 in the morning, waking up the entire house on game day. And we're doing Irish car bombs at like seven 38 o'clock in the morning, getting ready for this game. We knew all the spots to tailgate at. We went to this place called in between the buns. We had a couple Papa Smurfs, AKA long Island iced teas. And we watched Notre Dame beat Navy, which, you know, it's not Notre Dame, Michigan, but it ranks up there on a historic rivalry because both, um, both uh, programs have been around forever. So um, pretty cool atmosphere there. Uh, actually pretty cool. I loved it. It's higher up for me. Um, Rudy's got to be top five easily favorite sports movies. So, uh, you know, when I'm there, I get chills. I just get chills being in the area because it's so historic. It's very unfortunate though, Rick, because um, with the way that the world's moving and, and college football is I feel like Notre Dame is like the Dallas Cowboys. Like the Dallas Cowboys, all they can ever talk about is winning in the 90s and the 80s and all that stuff. And they haven't been relevant since like the earlier mid 90s, which is, you know, almost 30 years, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I think that's how it is with Notre Dame, unfortunately, is uh, it's just tough for them to compete with the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Michigans and all this stuff. So I really want them to have a phenomenal team. I want them to keep crushing it, but it's just tough. So anyway, um, moving on to, to, to my number, uh, to my number eight um, on this list is uh, the University of Georgia. Go dogs. Uh, Rick, we had a great time there. Uh, you know, we've seen them play multiple times at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. 
against Alabama for SEC championships. Um, but our 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 moment in Athens was was very cool. Um, I think it would be up higher if we were in Athens for the entire time, but that was the day that we did our three games in one day. We went to a Clemson game at 12 and then we went to a Georgia game at four and then we went to an Alabama game at eight o'clock. So we didn't have too much time to experience. I think it would be higher because I've heard Athens, the bars and the downtown scene is unreal. Um, but I have it at number eight, Rick, Rick, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on Georgia? And we can go back and forth on this. Wow. I just get so excited hearing about you relive in Notre Dame and then the Georgia experience. They're a little bit going to be higher on my list for the sole fact that we did get a one-on-one private tour of their training facilities the day before. Well, that is true. And that was just state of the art off the charts, bonkers, what they're doing at the University of Georgia for their football team. Uh, For me, they are going to be a few notches higher, but we can dive right into it now. It's Sanford Stadium. It was built in 1929, but has seen many renovations. And the most recent has put them above 92,000 fans. So uh, premier game day experience. They call it between the hedges. Yes, sir. Um, That is something that, is very special to those down in the peach state and it's basically a line of really impressive bushes and shrubs that are on the two sides of the field behind the players between them and then the stands so to get in between the hedges that's really basically where the field is where the game takes place and Everybody's just there in their red cheering the team on. It's very exciting. They have a mascot that's actually like this bulldog, like this older Georgia bulldog. And it's got a little doghouse on the field for him to go in and out of. If it's hot, they got some air conditioning inside of it. Seriously, they have air conditioning inside of this little dog house. And so I really like that. I felt like the fans bring some intensity that you you just sec intensity and it's on it's on a very another level than some of the other sec schools so i loved it all rob and the pageantry is at its finest yeah no i think i think it's going to be up higher you know i i gotta be honest i i didn't base the ranking on the on the stadium tour like before it i probably should have factored that in because that was very cool you and i got a one-on uh a two-on-one tour uh, because you do your due diligence and you message people in the athletic facility and find the right people to give the tours. So that was very cool, uh, you know, and uh, meeting Lorne, uh, meeting um, uh, uh, um, uh, McGarity, uh, so uh, and and some other uh, awesome UGA alumni kind of slipped the mind on here on eight. Could be a couple notches higher, but I think we were just there for such a short amount of time. Uh, for the actual game, that's why I put it at number eight. So, All Rick, right, fair enough. Who, we got to go back. We got to go back. Uh, plus, I also thought, uh, you know, I also thought the 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 fans were were a little intense, a little intense, like barking at people. <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> but you know what? I, I should I should appreciate that. I'm in Philly. I'm an Eagles fan. You know what? Shame on me. Uh, Rick, give me your number eight. My number eight was what we talked about earlier, University of Texas. So that's actually pretty perfect. Perfect. And then for me, number seven, Rob, is Clemson University Memorial Stadium, known as Death Valley. 
It was built in 1942, seats 81,000, and we got a chance to hang out with Clemson's head football coach, his mother, and the head referee that day when we were in town. You just alluded to the three games in three days. This was the opener. We got to town a day in advance and took a tour of the Clemson facilities on our own, which I thought were lovely. They had just won their first ever national championship, so they were riding high. They've got this graveyard near their practice facility, which is a fake graveyard, but it has tombstones of their monumental victories throughout their hundred so years of playing college football. And um, yeah, it was really cool to see that. And then they have what is known as the uh, most. Yeah, they, well, hold on, hold on. The graveyard they have the uh, the black uh, headstone for their national championship that they won that they beat um, uh, Alabama. So that was really cool because that was the year prior. So we were at the home opener, which was cool to see that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And they're am I, tail- am I, oh, am I boring you? Am I, are you yawning? Am I boring you? Their tailgating was really nice. Um, it was probably some of the best tailgating we've seen across the country. Again, they were coming off the national championship season opener. That's to be expected. And uh, we partook in uh, the pregame festivities. But we also made sure we got into the stadium early. Uh, the crowd files in nicely there. And they leave, Rob, their east side end zone it's it's actually not stands. There's no seats there. It's mm-hmm. a lawn, and it's got this hill, this high-pitched hill where fans can sit on and stand on and watch the game. But there's this little track in the middle of the lawn. Uh, it's about probably a 12 to 15-foot area wide, and it goes from the top of the hill down to the bottom of the hill. And it's quite a steep incline, I'm going to be honest. And what they yeah, do, you could, you could tour some, you could tear some ACLs, and some people have torn some ACLs and yeah. MCLs coming down that. So these players for the Clemson Tigers, they get dropped off prior to the game on buses at the top of the hill where there's a roadway, and they have Howard's Rock there, which is this iconic uh, rock that pays tribute to Death Valley, and they go ahead and the players will touch the rock. And then they come charging down the hill as they set off thousands of biodegradable, healthy for the environment balloons. And it just is one of the cooler scenes in college football coming down that hill. And I I found this stadium to be really exciting. Number seven on my list is Memorial Stadium. Now, Rick, I have it higher, a couple notches higher right here. Because we got in on a Thursday, we hung out with Clemson people, we went, we got to see the calm before the storm, we went to the downtown, we had a blast, we had had some good food, um, we did the tour, we, we went to the golf facility, uh, we went to the baseball facility, we went to the football facility, um, we, we walked right out onto the field like, on Thursday, uh, we were, we were, it was cool, Rick, because it was Friday. We were walking around. I remember you and I were looking around the campus on Friday and everybody was wearing orange. And it was just known that you wear orange on Friday, on game day. So like game game day weekend, like all that stuff. So, so that was cool. We, you and I both looked and like, damn, should have went to Clemson. Like, this is fun. This is cool. Um, you know, beautiful weather, beautiful spots, South Carolina. Um, Rick, I think, 
I think the the Clemson story ranks up as one of the greatest stories that we will ever tell besides for Super Bowl media day, how we were interviewed wearing our tuxedos at 730 in the morning. And we just thought it was some casual interview, but we got pictures with the rings, the national championship ring. So we have that in our memory deck forever, wearing some natties. And then uh, and we thought it was over. And then we just started walking around the tailgate zone. Turns out everybody was listening to the interview. And we were treated like royalty. They rolled out the red carpet for us. Like, You're going to 12 games in nine days. Oh, my God, you guys are crazy. And mm-hmm. uh, then we met Debo's mom, Got on, uh, walked out into the stadium. We're like one of the first people that got our tickets. We got met Debo. Uh, sorry, sorry, Dabo. I got I got Debo on my mind for my fantasy football drafts. <laughs> we got Dabo's mom, Dabo's, we met Dabo. But we, uh, we got onto the field, Rick. You kind of glossed over it. Uh, we were doing push-ups with the tiger. <laughs> Rick, I have friends that went to Clemson. I sent them pictures of that, and they go, how the hell did that happen? And easily one of the craziest stories. For those of you listening, go back, find our trifecta episode. I forget when it was, but it's absolutely ridiculous. We go into detail. So I have it up a couple notches higher, Rick, but top 10, do, doing the right thing here. You had it at you had it at seven. Rick, mine was one that you went over last week, um, Oregon. University of Oregon. I had such a blast there. Shout out to Andy, who hooked it up on the greatest uh, tour ever of an athletic facility. And I I think I was just so blown away with like their athletic facility that I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Their game day experience was very cool. Uh, now, look, I, I thought that the stadium itself was impressive, but then our experience is is really what tr- pushed it into seven. Rick, Rick, we were the experience. Rick. Bob, they were recruiting <laughs> us. Bob, they were recruiting and, us. And for those of you listening that have not heard the Oregon story, I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it in 60 seconds. We got there early like we always do. We found the student section. We met uh, uh, a couple of uh, Oregon Duck seniors that were more than gracious to have us. And then they needed volunteers for uh, first quarter like show where we would be in hamster ball competition. And Rick and I volunteered. And Rick and I in a packed house, Oregon versus University of Utah on like a primetime game, uh, 70,000 fans there watching in attendance. Rick and I were in hamster ball competitions running from the goal line to the 25 yard line around the dock and back for the winner of a thousand dollar gift certificate to a uh, local automobile shop or tire shop. Uh, And Rick and I were just bumping into each other. We were pushing the duck. The fans were laughing. Everybody was having a great time. Rick, that is my number seven. Oregon's my number seven. (laughs) Wow. I love that you have it ranked as number seven. I love that you also felt as though I discussed it in our previous episode because I had not. I have the (laughs) University of Oregon in my top five. and I confused it with Oregon State, Rick. It's not like I I didn't. I thought I thought I queued it up there. But anyway. So, hey, listen, happens to the best of them, that Ducks experience, getting the tour that we got, and then the game day experience. Yeah, Rob, it doesn't get much better than that. They didn't have the greatest tailgating, I would probably. That would be the only knock, because I didn't see it. Like, yeah. Exceptional tailgating. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So, Rob, is that that was your number seven? Seven, yeah. What's your number six, man? Okay. So, number six is uh, the Swamp. It was Florida Gators. So, we already went oh. over that, been there, done that. Cool. Uh, yeah. What do you got for what do you got for number number six, Rick? 
the University of Michigan, the big house. This is the third largest stadium in the world. It's in the world, I said, the third largest stadium in the world. And it is the largest college football stadium. It seats 107,000 fans. It was built in 1927. And I've had the honor of going out there a couple times. I had a dear friend, uh, shout out to AT, go to college out there and went to the Michigan-Ohio State football tradition game there over Thanksgiving Day weekend. That is a thriller. You want to talk about tailgating. You want to talk about pageantry. You want to talk about all the lead up the week of. Um, I don't think it's bigger than Michigan-Ohio State. That is the game in college football. And you and I went game. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You and I went there um, in a September outing when the weather is outstanding. And it was just so cool. You know, you walk up to the stadium, you think it's this massive, huge stadium because that's what it's known as. And you pull up and it's really not that big from the outside. But then you get inside and it's all pitched down. It's like built into a, a hole in the in the world. And they dug it out, and there's just hundreds of rows of seats that you have to walk down to to get to the field. Yeah. It is truly massive. It really is the big house. Yeah. Rob, what are your memories from Michigan? Again, uh, our listeners got to go back. We're on 147 episodes deep. They got to go back and listen to the first 1 through 15 to get a gist of the Brothers Brand podcast and our shenanigans of buying nosebleed tickets, rocking home team swag, having that confidence and getting down to lower seats. Um, so, uh, you know, my memory is is the Michigan trip, man. That was amazing. Uh, it was like it was the it was the game to be the domino effect for how we would treat future games of getting onto the field. Like, don't get me wrong. Detroit started it all. The Tigers game started it all, but the next day in Ann Arbor um, was special Rick. And we got there crazy early, summarize it really quick. Got there super early. Like we always do rock and Michigan attire. First people to get our tickets uh, scanned. We didn't even tailgate. So we did not tailgate. So Rick, you know, it's that, that is a shame. We need to go back and tailgate, but we did tailgate afterwards. Um, so we, 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 uh, we got in, we got down low and we just go, you know what, let's get a picture on the M. So we walk down onto the M and we start taking pictures on the M and we're having a blast. And then all of a sudden two state troopers come out of nowhere that, and, and Rick and I are like, Oh God, we're done. This is absolutely a wrap. And the state troopers are like more excited to be on the field than we are. Cause it turns out they're the university of Akron state troopers. So they like won some lottery to be a team that was at, be a part of the um, troopers that were escorting the team. So they were living it up in Am- Ann Arbor, having a great time uh, being at the big house. And they asked for photo for us to take photos. They were like, Hey, can you take some photos of us? So we start just chumming it up with these guys on, on the M for probably about 50 minutes, Rick and long snappers are asking us if, uh, Hey guys, excuse me, can I just move over? Like just absolutely hysterical looking back on it. Uh, then we proceed to sit second row when our seat was actually like, you know, all the way up in like probably the 50th row or something like that. And uh, we, we, we become really great friends with the people next to us. And I, I have Michigan a little bit higher. Okay. So it's my five. So I'll jump to five right now. It's my five. Okay. Um, kind of bundle this together. Um, and I think it's for the people. Everybody was so nice. In fact, they were so nice. We watched one of the most epic games, Akron 
in Akron history, not in Michigan history. They're not proud of this, but Akron almost beat Michigan, which was wild. It came down to the last play of the game. And then afterwards, they invited us back to their tailgate because we were sitting in their friend's seat and we were really honest with them about how we got the tickets (laughs) or didn't get the tickets. And then we went back to their tailgate, hung out with them for like an hour as the traffic cleared out. And they gave us all this food, beer, everything to take home with us. It was special. It really was. Yeah, and for me, Rob, five. that was ranked number number six for me. And my number five was the University of Georgia, which we've already talked about. Already talked about that one. Check that one off the list. Rick, at number four, we're just going to keep this gravy chain rolling in the sense that we've already talked about it. So we don't need to talk about it again. I have Notre Dame. Again, it was that game day atmosphere with one of my best friends from growing up. And, you know, you had yours with Michigan and AT. I had mine with Mikey G in Notre Dame. So, so that's number four. So that's special to me. Uh, number three, uh, number four for you, Rick, Rick, what is number four for you? Same. We've talked about this one and I just want to point out it's the university of Oregon. It's at soon stadium and it's the only stadium Rob, on our list on our top 10 list that was built in this century, 2002, this stadium first opened and it seats 54,000. So it's not a massive iconics, like, you know, 100,000 seat stadium. And it's also not one from 100 years ago. Yet it delivers the nostalgia you're looking for on a Saturday afternoon in the fall. I think uh, just got to tack on a little thing here that I loved about Oregon. And it's coming to me right now. I loved looking at the field and it had the alternating color grass scheme for every five yards. It was like a light green, dark green, um, if I can recall correctly. And speaking of color schemes, their uniforms were absolutely fire. They have the best uniform selection in the entire world. Like absolutely ridiculous. Some kids go to the, some five-star recruits choose to go to Oregon for the uniforms over, I don't know if that's the best decision, but they go there for the uniforms over another school. Um, and and it, does, also, it, it does it for me. I'm just going to say the uniforms do it for me. It, it goes up a little bit higher in my ranking because of how wonderful those, those uniforms are. And the stadium is just beautiful. It's clean. It's crisp. Um, I also like how it's black, like it's a blacked out stadium, maybe a dark gray. So it's got like this, like, uh, I don't want to say evil empire vibes, but like black rock vibes. And it's like you're coming down into into Eugene, Oregon. So it's uh, it's pretty intimidating. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've traveled the country. We've been to all these stadiums. We've talked about our top 20. And these are our top three stadiums. Rob, where do you have number three? Number three, Rick, is we are Penn State. You and I had the privilege of going to a tailgate at Penn State for Penn State, Ohio State, whiteout, Halloween weekend, absolutely bonkers with Ray Kawas, Mikey Kawas, the gang, and Rick. I know you're going to flag me for this. I know you're going to flag me. I was not in attendance for the game because the tailgate beat me up so bad. So you were, you were going to, I'm going to hand the baton off to you to talk about the whiteout and what ensued, but the tailgating was phenomenal. The weekend was phenomenal. Hey, you know, full disclosure, Rick got a little banged up a couple of nights before had to sit out that night. I had to sit out the other night. So <laughs> Rob, Happy Valley is no joke, all right? Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, 
There ain't nothing around. Nobody's got anything to do except <laughs> hang out stadium. with the Lions. Beaver Stadium. You said it, Rob. It's my number three as well. Wow. It was constructed in 1960, and it seats 106,000 fans. Okay? This is one of the epic college football sites you will ever see. And if you haven't yet attended a Penn State football game, put it on your list. I would recommend, and it's tough to plan, but the whiteout games are the best games. And this scene is bringing chills to me as I relive the moments that uh, I've gotten a chance to spend out there. And the tailgating might be number one. If it's not one, it's two. The people who've got their RVs, they are going ham. It's a lot of fun, food, drinks. Uh, the campus vibe is 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 just yeah. bumping the whole week. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They live for their football in Happy Valley. We're going. We're going to go this 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 uh, this fall. Shelby doesn't know it, but I'm going to surprise her and Jamie. We're going to go to a game. I'm going to hopefully try to make it a whiteout, but at the same time. You know, you can't can't plan with these kids. Maybe or maybe just me and Shelby and we'll get a babysitter because um might be a little too loud for Jamie at this stage in his life. Don't want to hurt the eardrums. You know, Rob, I, I noticed you'd referred to it as a surprise, but uh, are you you you're well aware that our wives listen to the podcast. So Shit. uh whoops. <laughs> cats out of the bag, man. Cats out of the bag. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> Rick, so Penn State, awesome, phenomenal. All of our listeners need to go there. I don't care if you live in California, Hawaii, Alaska, uh, uh, Florida. Uh, make the trek up to um, to Happy Valley. Um, so uh, now uh, moving on to our – because we both did Penn State for three. Rick, uh, on, on three, I want you to give your number two. I'm going to give my number two. I think we might be right. But I want the college name, okay? So one, two, three, Texas A&M. Alabama. Wow. Yeah, you and I have a one and two combo right here. You and I have a one-two combo um, with you taking Texas A&M at two. I've got them at my number one, Kyle Field. Yeah. No surprise there. And uh, Alabama for me was number two, Bryant-Denny Stadium, built in 1929. 101 screaming lunatic fans. There is no pro team in the state of Alabama. You know, you think back to Happy Valley, Penn State, the University of, uh, you know, the Nittany Lions. They've got two NFL teams in the state of Pennsylvania. Alabama has none. And they truly are, Rob, the, the kings of the South when it comes to the championships that they've won and um, their facilities, their coaching, yeah. It really is second to none. And if you get the honor and privilege to get to Tuscaloosa in the fall, you definitely got to go check out a game. You won't regret it. It is really a spectacular scene. I don't know how much more I can say. I got a chance to tour the locker rooms. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say it for you. I'll tell the story for you. I'll give you the 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 readers, the cliff note version on your freaking story, man. This guy has a story that went viral on TikTok, 1.3 million uh, uh, views and all this stuff and comments and everything. Uh, Rick had the pleasure of, of, of dressing in his tuxedo and really st- set the bar high for our tuxes. And he he jumped in line with the team and and went in with the team 
uh, on game day on the champions block and walked through the locker, not through the locker rooms, but everybody made their way to the locker rooms. Rick just kept walking out to the field and went right out onto the A and took a picture um, and had a nosebleed ticket. So absolutely wild story. Check it out on the Brothers Brand podcast. Just look at one of our earlier episodes. Um, so good stuff there, Rick. Absolutely amazing. And you were there for a whole week and you were there for like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you got to really feel it out and everything. And they were playing Texas A&M, SEC school. They really put a whooping on them. So that was, uh, that was pretty good. Um, but that's amazing, Rick. And then my number two, uh, my number two is Kyle Field, um, which I'm assuming is going to be your number one. So um we talk a little bit about kyle field rick's special time there we've been there not once but twice yeah let's tell the listeners what went down that day rob this is where you jump in really i thought you were <laughs> lead on it you well i just told the it. other story so you tell the one story. that's fair that's fair that's fair you just do such a good job of, of making the people feel like they're there and like we're back in it kyle field rob is the stadium that was built in 1927 to give you some history and it seats 102,000 fans and it's in college station, Texas. Okay. So this is a military school. It's the only probably military school that you and I have spent like a, a lot of time on. And uh, it definitely has that feel when you're walking around, there's statues, there's monuments. Um, but these guys know how to have a good time. All right. And they take their football very, very serious in Texas. Uh, coach Jimbo Fisher is the head football coach currently. Uh, you and I, we were back there when I think, you know, Dak Prescott and um, just they had some really good players. Uh, we went to some really, really good games. I well, think Dak, Dak, Rick, Dak Prescott was Mississippi State. So why don't See, you there, there why you go. They were playing Mississippi State and Dak Prescott was playing. Um, it was it was back in the day, though, you know, SEC Network was there and um, their their bands, their cheerleaders, their army folk that are just out there. Gig'em is what they say on campus. And yeah. I really like it because, like, everybody's got different hand signals and gestures with their logos. Texas A&M just gives the thumbs up. They just give the thumbs up. And for the Brothers Brandt, that feels natural. That feels right. And so we felt right at home. Matt, yes, yeah, so I'll take it from here, Rick. Massive stadium, 100,000 plus, huge, uh, crazy big. Um, you and I uh, had a stadium tour uh, to check it out. We, we hit up people in the f- uh, athletic facility prior to coming out, and we did a stadium tour there, which was just cool. Uh, they spent like a, a half a billion dollars on, on renovation, so it looked absolutely breathtaking. Um, and uh, you know, what I thought was was so cool is both times we went there, we wore our our maroon tuxedos and true. onto the field for both of them. We just walked right down onto the field, high five and security guards. <laughs> we walked right down. Nobody said anything. Not my problem. Not my problem. Not doing your job. Not doing your job. So just walked right down on the field. Um, and, uh, we hung out where the, where the team came out. So like there was fire blaring, like right next to us. Um, we were a part of it. Everybody was loving our outfits. We got, we, we hung out with Tim Tebow, not once, but twice at Texas A&M got pictures, which was pretty cool. Um, we were on a broadcast booth when we were there. Uh, you know, we, um, 
what else did we do? Well, I think I think one of the cool things too was watching the freshmen have to stand the entire game. So that's like the initiation of being a freshman. You have to stand the entire game. And on the one side of the stadium is, is, is the student section. It's like the whole side of the stadium is the student section versus most uh, stadiums. It's like, you know, just a carved out area. Um, even UCLA was just like a carved out area. Oregon was same thing, but, th- and like Notre Dame, same thing. But this was like the whole side, was freshmen up top and then, uh, you know, junior, senior, sophomores, upperclassmen closer and uh, the cheering, they just didn't stop cheering the entire game. And then the band is ranked the best marching band in the country. So you don't hear the brothers brand talk a lot about twirlers like university of Florida, but you're getting it twice. You know, we're, we're talking about bands. We're talking about the atmosphere. So uh, you got it twice on the brothers brand podcast might even get it a third time when I talk about my number one. So uh, you definitely will actually. So um, anyway, Rick, uh, your number two was Alabama. Number one was Kyle Field. Again, we don't care where you live. You could live in Maine. You could live in Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. You could be from Europe. I don't care. Get to these stadiums. My number one, and it's a caveat. Drum roll, roll, please. It's a caveat, Rick, here, because in the beginning of the episode, you said home college stadiums. Well, the reality is these two teams will never play at each other's home stadium. It is always a neutral site game. You can never see it at one of their stadiums. It, back in the day, might have been, but never will be now because it just sells out every time. And Rick, I had the privilege and the honor to attend an Army-Navy game this past November. And man, I'm getting chip. My hair is standing up. Just thinking about it. I am reliving it in my head. It was here in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial that I've seen many Eagles games. I've done 5Ks on the field. Special place in my heart. Uh, And I got to see it with a dear friend, Bill. um, And he hooked it up. And I I was sitting front. We literally sat second row for for the Army-Navy game. Uh, this, This game was an instant classic. It wasn't a barn burner. But it went, and it's not going to be a barn burner with the triple option offense. Um, but it went to overtime, missed field goals, fumbles on the one inch yard line to win it, uh, where the other team went down and kicked a field goal to win it. And uh, Army ended up beating Navy. Um, and uh, man, just you want to talk about RVs. You talked about RVs with Clemson, Rick. I've been to Eagles tailgates, and they're pretty ridiculous. It's pretty awesome. You got to remember, this is the United States Army and the United States Navy. These guys are used to traveling, not for a game, but for war. Traveling, defending the freedom. And when I, when you say RVs, Rick, there were tens of, I would say, I would say over at least five, probably like 5,000 RVs. Like, like absolutely absurd. You had guys that literally were making camo tents, like had legit camo. Like if you went to Baghdad or something and had like you see in all these Black Hawk Down movies, like it looks it, it looked like they were camping out. Everybody was having a blast. Uh, flags were flying like I'm getting chills just reliving the parking lot. Walking through the parking lot, you're seeing flagpoles of not only the United States of America flag on the top, like we've all seen the flagpoles that have multiple flags on it. You would see the United States, you would either see Army or Navy, and then you would see like 
their division that they were in, their regiment, and all this other stuff. And you just get chills just knowing that everybody here, whether they served or their family served or somebody served, like you just feel like it's America's game right there. And there's the special thing when watching it on TV is there's no other games that week. It is the only game on TV after the college football regular season and before the playoffs start. So it is, it is December it's football weather, like, you know, bundle up, you know, embrace the cold, um, it's always in the Northeast. So that was super cool. And like, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm rambling here, but dude, I no, hope you enjoyed this. You enjoyed this. And I, I just loved it. Um, I, I didn't spend a lot of time tailgating because they do so much festivities inside the stadium. Uh, and what they do in the stadium is they have both bands come out and play and both bands are coming out and and doing their songs. And these bands are so well orchestrated that it's like every step is in unison. They're in blocks and all this stuff. It is so cool to watch the bands perform. Like, I didn't think it would be cool to watch the bands perform. But after seeing Texas A&M twice in their band and seeing Army Navy, I was like, I want to see that. I got to see that. Um, so both bands performed. Uh, dude. The flyovers. They had an hour worth of flyovers. Yes. Yes. Like like the Navy had uh the Blue Angels flyover and a bunch of other planes flyover and, and Navy parachuters came out. They had like six Navy parachuters come out landing on. Sometimes you get one. You get like one and it's like, oh, that was cool, right? Some guy landed on the field. You had six guys circling the stadium like they were like they were coming in to do damage, like they were taking taking over some city, right? And then Navy's done. And then you got some like bombers heading over your, your way. And, and then you have six army guys dropping out of the sky. I mean, Rick, it was just, it was just before the game even started, I was like, this is the greatest game I've ever seen. This is the, the theatrics and the buildup and the pride and how fired up it was. I'm getting jacked just thinking about it. Uh, and to be there for a great game where it went back and forth, because sometimes one of these teams is very good and the other team is not. So it's just really nice to see that. And then to see it go down in the fashion that it did where, Navy had a chance to win it, fumbled it on the one yard line. You were watching at home, Rick. You got a better angle than I did. I think it was like the one inch yard line, one inch line. And and then Army comes down, kicks a field goal and wins it. And the place just goes wild, absolutely wild. And then at the end, what's really cool is win or lose. um, They, you know, they go over to like the winner's side and they sing Army song. And then they go over to Navy side and they sing Navy songs. So their their um their theme song, I'm blanking on the actual names, but um it was cool. So even after the game was over, you know, most people are headed. That was the craziest thing. Most people are leaving games early, like beat the traffic, all that stuff. No, everybody is here to see the end. They don't care. The place was still packed when 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 Army won. Obviously, it was a close game, so everybody was staying. But even after the songs, the place was still packed. Everybody was just enjoying the songs and having a great time. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. What a magical, magical way to wrap up this, this top 20 college game day experiences. And for those listeners out there, Army, Navy, book it. Rob, 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. On behalf of all of us college sports fans, thank you for diving deep into that Army Navy number one spot. That really, Rob, just it resonated. It resonated why you've got to get out, out from the couch, out from the TV, and get to the stadium. That is what it's all about. These experiences that are out there for us to enjoy in person with the people we love. And that's what this whole podcast is about. It's been 147 fantastic episodes. I've thoroughly enjoyed recapping our top 20. I know in podcast episodes to come, we might divulge some of our bucket list stadiums that are still out there. But these, Rob, are special memories that will live on forever. We enjoyed them. We hope our listeners enjoyed them. And for all of you listening out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt, and we're the Brothers Brandt. Thanks for listening.